When a seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial, opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's New Report, Old Report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Yes, indeed. Hello, everyone. I'm John Lund alongside Al Renato, a.k.a. as New York sports radio fans know him, the great Al from White Plains. And this is New Report, Old Report, here on Monday, July 8th from 8 to 9 Eastern Time, live on Sports Radio America. If you missed the live show, you can catch the replay all week, also at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, or find the show's bonus content under the Bridge Sports Podcast, which you can find by searching for the Bridge Sports Podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts as well as at londonbridge.com. If you want to interact with the show, you can text in a question, comment, or complaint to 929-274-3437, or if you're brave enough, leave a voicemail with the same, and we'll get back to you on air, again by calling 929-274-3437. This week, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George pick Los Angeles. Well, the Clippers, that is. Reactions to that and what the Los Angeles Lakers do now. Check your sources. We're off. Now, what would be the odds that that was happening again, that that wasn't a new report? Was that a new report or an old report? That's what I'm asking. Is it a new report or an old report? Is that a new report? Or we don't know. Well, Al, another exciting week in athletics. And yet again for this show, another exciting week when the exciting part didn't even happen on a court or on a field. As we teased last week, it was inevitable that Kawhi Leonard would make his free agency decision between our last week's show and this week's show, and sure enough, it happened late in the night. A little news dump for the East Coast, who were most likely already asleep. Friday night, close to 2 a.m., the decision happens. Kawhi Leonard will join his hometown team in Los Angeles, but the Clippers, not the Lakers. And coming with him, another gentleman who wanted to come home to Los Angeles, Paul George joins the Clippers, not the Lakers. What a move by both players. What a move for the league as a whole. What a move, not so much for our friends the Lakers, but we'll get into all of those things. For whatever reason, we were both awake at 4 a.m. early into Saturday morning with a brief conversation about what went down. Why were we awake at that point? And what did you think about the decision from Kawhi Leonard to not go to the Lakers, to not stay with Toronto, but to test the waters, a new journey, a new team, the Los Angeles Clippers, making them a quick favorite one of the favorites in the western conference well johnny first of all to all of our wonderful listeners and callers and tweeters etc uh i hope everybody had a great fourth of july weekend fourth uh, of july here in new york was a chamber of commerce day followed by some shaky stuff on friday and saturday with a little bit of rain uh another great day today but I hope everybody had a healthy ha- happy and healthy fourth of july weekend and hopefully everybody got some time off This was not unexpected for me in terms of where he wound up, but obviously how it wound up was a great surprise. I think what we have to look back at is how poorly this was covered in terms of the rumors, in terms of those who thought they had the inside track, in terms of the information or the lack of most notably at the top of the list, Jalen Rose, ex-member of the Fab Five, get up on ESPN, who said he was 99% sure that not only was he going back to Toronto, that he was going back to Toronto on a two-year deal. One, I, I couldn't believe that anyone would come out and say they were 99% sure. And number two, I didn't think Kawhi Leonard was going anywhere on a two-year deal, regardless of this notion that he would be a 10-year player and then be able to get the ultimate max, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All you had to see, if you were his advisors, his agent, and himself, 
is what happened to Kevin Durant in the last two weeks to make the determination that you cannot go anywhere on a two-year deal because your well-being, your good health, especially somebody who just came off of an injury where he lost nearly a season, can be gone in the blink of an eye, certainly within a two-year time frame. So even if he's going back to Toronto, I think he's going back on a two-year deal. And I thought it was asinine that anyone would hold themselves out to say 99%. Guy who covered it the best to me was Chris Carter, who said throughout, based upon his information with Kawhi's inner circle, which is basically his family, because he's known him for quite a while, that all three teams were in the hunt and there was no favorite. And all three teams were in the mix. And it seems as though that was the way it went right down through the meetings. But I think what everybody has to realize, because no one knew this was coming, no one reported it, no one heard it, no one wrote it, no one said it. Enough of this notion that Kawhi Leonard is an innocent, not a nice, but an innocent, I'll go where I want, whoever's there will build around me, I can win with whomever, etc., etc., etc. Let's start with step one. He didn't go to Toronto by choice. He wanted out of San Antonio. He wanted out of San Antonio for the simple reason that there was a disagreement over whether or not he was ready to play. He thought he was not. They thought he was. There was a separation there between him and the organization. So he said, I want out. Trade me to the Lakers. I grew up in L.A. I'm a lifelong Laker fan. That's who I want to play for. Greg Popovich said, no. Trade you? Okay. I'm trading you out of the country. He didn't go to Toronto by choice. He didn't have a choice. Now, once he got there, he sat down with them. He said, these are the terms upon which I will play. And they did a wonderful job between the doctors, the trainers, the front office, and the roster in managing his games, managing his minutes, and having a roster that was strong enough, deep enough, sound enough, and well-coached enough to play incredibly well without him during the load management regime slash time frame, during which they were well over 500. I think they played about 700 ball ballpark when he was in the load management scenario. He plays tremendous. They win a championship for various reasons. They were the best team. He was the best player. Golden State got beat up. And now... He is a free agent, free to go wherever he wants. I always thought personally he was going back to Toronto. Did I hope he was going to be a Laker? Of course. Did I think he was going to be a Laker? No, I did not. Did I think he was going to be a Clipper? I thought it was a possibility. But the way things played out in free agency, the common thought was the clip by all that spoke, except for Chris Carter, is that the Clippers were out. It's either the Lakers who have created the max space or he's going back to Toronto. Why are the Clippers out? Because the way free agency fell, the Clippers could not obtain the services of another major max player to go with Kawhi. So the notion was, why would Kawhi go there if he doesn't have a cohort to run with? Why don't you go back to Toronto, run it back, go for another title, certainly another conference championship, or go play in L.A., the Lakers, with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Pretty obvious. Meanwhile, we're waiting, and we're waiting, and the meetings happen, and Chris Carter says they're still all in line, and the meetings happen, and the meetings happen, and we're waiting. And I'm saying to my son, all right, enough now. All this stuff's got to go down by tomorrow, Saturday, on our way to dinner on Friday, or all this stuff's going to hit the fan. Trades can't be finalized. Guys can't play in the summer league. This guy's holding everybody up. Well, my theory is this. This guy was holding up the Clippers, and he was holding up the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he was holding up Toronto, and he was holding out on the Lakers. We all now know that he reached out to Paul George, how this isn't tampering, I have no idea, and said, come play with me. 
come play with me in Los Angeles for the Clippers. Let's go home together. So Kawhi wasn't going anywhere by himself. And Paul George said, absolutely, I'm all in. And he goes to Oklahoma City with the entire remainder of a contract that he just signed. This is not Anthony Davis, money. One year. This is not Carmelo Anthony. One year left on the contract. This is a guy with three or four years left on a contract he just signed and said, I had, he had I'm staying party last year with, with Russ. I'm not going to let him stay here. 70% of that contract is left, and he says, I want out. Trade me. Trade me to the Clippers. Well, that doesn't come out, because if that comes out, Oklahoma City has absolutely no bargaining power. And his decision doesn't come out. When does his decision come out? Seconds before the trade is announced. For obvious reasons. He sat, and he waited, and he waited, and he waited. And my theory is that he said to the Clippers, I'll come, but I'm only coming if you give me a wingman. And you don't have one right now. You brought Patrick Beverly back, great. KG, rough, tough, veteran point guard, dynamic defender. He got his bag, that's terrific. Got Lou Williams, sixth man of the year, awesome. Got a nice young player from Kentucky, got Gallinari. Got the other kid off the bench who has been tremendous, probably in Lou Williams are the two best players. But I need a star. I got sent to Toronto. I won without a star. I'm not going through that again. So here's what you do. I'll come. But you go out and you get me Paul George. And you get him for me before the deadline tomorrow when everything's got to happen. Because if you don't, not only aren't I coming, <laughs> I'm going to the Lakers. So whenever you got to give it up, give it up. And I'm coming. Because if you don't give it up, I'm going across the hall. I'm playing under your nose. I'm going to play with LeBron. And you'll be buried with all that cap space behind the Lakers forever. No matter who owns the team. No matter if Jerry West is in the front office. No matter if you got a Hall of Fame coach. No matter if you got a nice young team and plenty of cap space and the richest owner. You go get me him. I don't care if you have to give up draft picks till 2057. You get me him, and I'm coming. And lo and behold, like lightning, boom, he's chosen the Clippers. Boom, this just came over the wire. Paul George is getting traded to the Clippers. He played this like a gangsta, and he played it to perfection. He had the Lakers hold out and hold out and hold out till the best available free agents they could have gotten with their cap space were all gone, and they had to scurry and made up okay not nearly as well as they could have had they filled that space with younger players and better players. So they waited. He played possum with them. He fooled them. And then he had Sam Presley playing off the Clippers and Toronto with Paul George. Toronto didn't bite. He played chicken with the Clippers. And the Clippers awarded him with a record. Trevor Trove of draft picks, five first-rounders, three of them theirs, two they got from the Heat, along with an excellent young player in the Kentucky first-rounder and the well-traveled Gallinari who can shoot the lights up. This guy who is low-key, who is mild-mannered, who doesn't want to talk, got behind the scenes with his crew, and this was Hyman Roth, in Godfather 2. This was the masterful play in the history of NBA player strength. This blows everything else away. He got an under contract, second team, all NBA player, first team, all defender in the prime of his career to get traded by force because he put the pedal to the metal to the team that wanted him so bad and was sought, at, sought one after him for the entire year that they were willing to give up their entire future to the demands of Oklahoma City, who was behind the eight ball because they also knew it once it came out, the announcement that Paul George wanted to be traded instantly. It's like you drove the car off the showroom floor. 
he's devalued by half. You can't get nearly what you want for him or his value. Instead of getting it vast underpayment, you got at least value, if not an overpayment for Paul George. Done masterfully, done perfectly, done behind the scenes by this low-key, I'm a man of my, on my own, I don't need anybody else to play with, I want to championship Toronto by myself. He knows that that was an absolute perfect storm. All was lined up for it to happen between a deep squad, a healthy squad. They could play the load management game in a conference without LeBron in a place he didn't want to go with that dreaded four-letter word, snow, he wins a championship. So now anybody and everybody is knocking down the door. Despite the fact that he has health issues, despite the fact that he's going to be a 60 to 70 game player, and despite the fact he's going to the West where there's no way he wins with the Clippers by himself, well, he found a way to say to the Clippers, you bring in a wingman and I'm coming. He basically blackmailed them to treasure trove Oklahoma City, and now he's under the same roof as LeBron James. He slapped LeBron James in the face. Said, I'll listen, I'll talk. Do I know so? I'd rather play with Paul George than I'd play with you. Lo and behold, that is the greatest single power play in the modern history of the National Basketball Association by one player. Well, I, I think that's probably the most impressive thing about this, right? Not being able to just land Paul George. But the way he went about this entire process, we know that the NBA is under a new type of lifestyle, a new look, and it's evolved to where we don't have these player rivalries anymore. We don't have the huge team rivalries anymore, as severe and as intense as they used to be. Players go on vacations together. They hang out at summer league games. They're with each other off the court. Growing up, and you know this more than anybody, too, growing up, the rivalries that players had, they wouldn't even talk to each other until they retired if you were on rival teams. How intense those rivalries used to be. Now it's, hey, man, let's team up. Let's do this thing. And it's somewhat hard for people to embrace that players are so open to not only seeking success at the highest level, but doing whatever they can to help them get that success, whether it means teaming up with another team, telling other guys to come team up with you, and that's the direction everything's been headed in. But you hit the nail on the head where this was straight out of a movie, where the villain appears to have everything under control and everything going according to plan, the villain in this case being one LeBron James who has done an incredible job throughout his career at being able to dictate what he's going to do in his career, what his teams that he's on are going to do to help that career, and we know what he does off the court as well. What's impressive about this is quietly, Kawhi Leonard is putting together his masterpiece, his opus, his if any of the teams that think they're going to get me make a peep about any of my moves, you're done. And in a world where we have social media and spies and techs and sources and insiders, we find stuff out every two seconds about dinner plans and who's where. And remember the DeAndre Jordan with the Clippers, they had the door barricade. The stuff that we're able to find out because of the world that we now live in. I mean, hell, there were people on Twitter following the planes coming in and out of Los Angeles to see which one Kawhi Leonard might be on. People at the hotels calling the sports radio. I know a guy that knows a guy that saw Kawhi do this or that. He was so on brand with how he is, not only as a player, but as a person, where we still don't know Kawhi Leonard. Who knows if we ever will know Kawhi Leonard? We know. He is an assassin. He got his way out of San Antonio. He got his way with Greg Popovich. He got his way with the front office. 
He got himself out of San Antonio because he didn't like the way he was treated. He didn't like the way his injury issue was dealt with. He didn't like the way his teammates talked about him. And when Greg Popovich tells him north of the border to the other conference, again, the dominoes all fell his way. LeBron was gone off to L.A., so the conference is now wide open. He goes to a team that simply could never be LeBron. They were always right there. Who knows? They might have won the conference if he wasn't there. We don't know they wouldn't have won the conference with DeMar DeRozan there. Why? Because we don't know. Is he a better player than DeMar DeRozan? Of course he is. That doesn't mean that the DeMar DeRozan number one seed Toronto Raptors of last year that curled up and died against LeBron James wouldn't have won the East this year against a LeBronless conference. They may not have to go. They may not have had to go seven games against the Sixers. Who knows? Once you change, as you know, one factor in the equation, everything changes. But then, would they have been able to beat the Chargers? The Golden State Warriors. Well, if it was an injury, if it was the same Warriors who went through the same thing, injury-wise, maybe. But we will never know. So, time, circumstance, injuries. The perfect storm in Toronto, no pun intended, along with the way he and his team played, take him to a conference title. And then the injuries of Kevin Durant, the injury to Thompson, and a tremendous performance, absolutely off the charts, by Kawhi Leonard and his teammates. And they dethroned the champs. And now the behind the scenes work really goes into action. Gangster. Well, assassin. The crazy thing is, as well, before that conversation happened, he picked up the phone and called somebody else. His first choice before Paul George, according to reports, of course. Kevin Durant! Hey, where are you going, bro? We'd be the perfect complement to each other. Come play for the Clippers. And Durant was like, dude, I just finished texting with Kyrie. We're going to Brooklyn. Really? Yeah, come over to Los Angeles. He turned them down. But he thought about it. I mean, just being able to sit down and say, why the hell not? Let me call KD. And the reports said they don't really know each other that well. It's not like the Kyrie-Kevin Durant relationship. They played in the Olympics. They know each other, best friends, yada, yada, yada. This was just, hey, I see you over there. <laughs> Shame I didn't get to beat you on the court this year, but hey, man, come play did with we, me. We'll do it together when you come back. He said did no. We have any, did we have any information that he and Paul George were fast friends? I, I haven't heard that either. I didn't know that they were... T when did they become freaking friends? I mean, I, I thought the friendship of Russ Westbrook throwing this dude a party last year on the stage, bottles popping, I'm staying in OKC. I mean, that looked more than enough friendship to me. Because you want to know why? Because Kawhi Leonard is all about... As Hyman Roth said, this is the business we've chosen. I didn't ask who gave the order. And he is all about business. Cutthroat, back room, phone calls. How it's not tampering, I have no idea. You reached out to a guy who was under contract. Not a fellow free agent. This guy's got a signed contract. And said, go to your team. This is what we're reading, folks. This is what we are hearing. This is what's going into print. This is what's all over the insiders, they are telling us that Kawhi Leonard went to Paul George and said, come play with me. And Paul George went to his team and said, trade, I want to be traded, and I want to be traded to the Clippers. How is that not tampering? This is also the fascinating I part. don't care, because I never cared where he went. Hope against hope, the big picture of things. 
for the league. I like to see defending champions come back with their full complement. I like to see champions come back with their full complement, cachet, and have the best ability to defend. So I wanted to see him go back to Toronto. I never thought he would go to the Clippers for all the reasons we've just discussed. Because I didn't think there was enough there for him. And I didn't think he was willing to wait coming off a championship season. Because I don't think Kawhi Leonard is smart enough to know, after what he just saw with himself two years ago, and what he just saw with Kevin Durant, and what he just saw with Clay Thompson, and what he's seen in terms of the total, I don't want to say career wreckage, but you know the loss of ability and athleticism and even skill to Boogie Cousins, who's been debilitated by two such injuries. I'm going to need help. And I don't know how long I'm going to play. I'm still good right now, but there were times in the finals where I was struggling. You saw me out there. I wasn't 100%. Long season, man. Long postseason. I need some help. And I'm not, will, I'm not willing to go one of these seasons without any help. So get me some. Oh, I'm a Laker. And doesn't that suck for you? Okay, how much money you got? Lose the town. Not lose the town. You don't have the town. No shot to win the town. Not without me. Not now. Not ever. Never. It's your one chance. You may never get this chance again. It's maybe the chance of a lifetime. Your one shot, the brass ring. I am your lottery ticket. All you got to do is cash it in by trading for funds. They went on dinner. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. If you wrote all this on a Hollywood script, coming into this next season, this would or should make Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers the villains of the National Basketball Association. But they're the good guys. But they're the good guys because of what he did to win the title for Toronto, what he did in winning the previous title with the Spurs, how he carries himself. No glitz, no glamour, no cockiness. Just goes out and plays basketball like a damn robot. And they will be the good guys because they brought back parity to this NBA and fans won't care because now that he's with the Clippers, their team still has a shot to win the title next year. Do whatever you want. On, the biggest cherry on the Sunday is that he's not a Laker and he's stuck in LeBron's face. Right. Exactly. LeBron's the villain. He defeated the villain by not going to play with the villain. Exactly. And now us as Lakers fans, and we talked about this on the show several times, we didn't expect Kawhi to even be a thought. And then all of a sudden, days move on, weeks go on. Yeah, the Lakers are going to get a sit down with Kawhi. Oh, okay. And then he wants to meet with Magic. He wants to do it this way. There's nothing that you guys are able to talk about. It's got to be closed quarters, mouth zipped, or you're not going to get Kawhi. Then teams start making moves, free agents start signing, and you're left to think, hey, maybe this is, all right, maybe this is something that they're going to be able to do. I don't hate it. I'm not going to say no. They've got to give themselves a chance. You don't turn that down. But then the worst case scenario happens. And as both of us, for whatever reason, I awoke from sleep at like 4 a.m. and texted you and you text back. For whatever reason, we're up that late on the East Coast. Then I was up for an hour trying to piece together what had happened, not only his move, but then immediately the free agency moves the Lakers then had to make to look at what the Lakers roster will now be. Well, folks, before, before we get into that, just let me tell you something. It's time for the old report to toot his own horn. Because the old report was up late Friday night watching his hideous Cardinals actually win a game against the equally, if not more hideous, San Francisco Giants. And he was bouncing back and forth, was the old report, from MLB Network to ESPN to 
NBA. Why? Because I didn't know all the stuff that was going on. But what I did know was this. That deal was going to happen. Or excuse me, that announcement was coming. And it was coming sometime late Friday night or early Saturday morning because of what we said earlier. There was too much that could not happen without this decision being made. Again, trades being finalized, including Davis going to the Lakers, a multitude of draft day trades, guys being able to play in the summer league, literally not being able to play for the franchise that supposedly they were going to be traded to because so many pieces would not fall into place because so many things were contingent upon the Anthony Davis trade going down as well as other transactions that could not happen until this decision was made. So I stayed up purposely, consciously knowing and believing that a decision was going to happen before I actually shut my eyes for bed by, let's say, midnight Pacific time, three o'clock our time in the East. And lo and behold, it came through about an hour earlier. And then literally as they're announcing it on SportsCenter during an update, what comes right over the wire, literally within seconds later, Paul George is getting traded to the Clippers. I don't think that's a coincidence, folks. Did I think that was happening? Absolutely not. Did I have any idea that was happening? Absolutely not. But I knew we were going to have a decision late Friday night, early Saturday morning, Eastern Standard. And the reason we had that decision is because the Clippers either made or weren't going to make their deal. They made their deal. Thus, the decision was the Clippers. I firmly believe if the Clippers did not make their deal, the decision would have been, obviously, one of the other two teams. I'm not saying Lakers. I am saying he, he, I am saying I truly believe he said that if you don't make the deal, I'm going to Lakers, which would prompt them to do anything. But I don't know that for a fact, and I have no idea where he would have went if they didn't make the deal. But I do believe that if they don't make the deal, he's not a Clipper. He's either a Laker or a Toronto. And I would still probably put the thumb on the scale of Toronto. But when you're negotiating, it's just business. And there are no such thing as lies. There are only things that may turn out to be not truthful. And the bottom line is, he could have easily said to them, you know, I'm I'm leaning towards the Lakers. In fact, you want to know what? I'm feeling Lakers. I get to play with LeBron and AD. That's load management right, right up my alley perfect. We each can play 65 games a year. You know, I, don't, I don't care who the other two guys are. It doesn't matter to me. There could be Mo Larry and Curly with our six man. And that, that's why I stayed out. And that's why I waited. And then the decision came down and the trade came down a heartbeat afterwards. And he maneuvered and backroomed this like a masterful magician. This was a top flight political deal maker in the back room, getting it done to the highest degree. You know, this was, this was Lyndon Baines Johnson pounding through legislation in Congress. This was, uh, you know, the ultimate deal maker where he got exactly what he wanted when he wanted it in the nick of time that he needed it to be where he wanted to be. Kudos. Yeah. To Kawhi. Uh, kudos to his group. However, this is where as Laker fans, it's time that you put true demands on LeBron, on LeBron James. And this is where the LeBron, he's the best of all time defenders, apologists, etc. This is the time that their player needs to stand up and be counted because he was dissed. Not only did he not go, LeBron courted him, LeBron met with him, and he stuck it in LeBron's face. Because he said, not only am I not playing with you, I'm playing in your building against you. I'd rather play with Paul George for these guys than with you and Anthony Davis for the Lakers. Now, if this guy's everything he says he is, it's time to get nasty. 
What's been the biggest criticism of LeBron over the years? He's not Magic. He's not Bird. He's not Kobe. He's not an assassin. He doesn't have a killer instinct. Now it's time to show one because you got slapped in the face, plain and simple, by Kawhi Leonard. You, the, the thought of best player in the world, arguably by some who are wrong, the best player of all time, or the best player certainly since Michael Jordan, got faced by the now thought of best healthy player in the world. And if walking into work at home and having to see Kawhi Leonard on posters and driving in on billboards, he'll be all over that gym, all over LA. If that's Let's not motivation see if he's enough. Play nice. Let's see if he's going to play nice, nice. Or is he going to finally stand up and be a killer Let's in go. the sports vernacular, folks? Is he going to be a foot on the throat? None of this, I love this guy. None of that, I love that guy. None of, I'm going to defer. Is he ready to ram it down their effing throat? Because you want to know why? His goal, the, the goal here as Laker fans, is not to win a championship. The goal is quite simply, win back the city. If you can't win back the city, you will never, ever be a Laker legend. If you lose the city to Kawhi Leonard, who didn't want to come and play with you and come and play with the Lakers, maybe because nobody wants to come and play with you. Maybe because the only guy who came to play with you is a guy who was represented by my guys. Who got you to come here? So if you can't defend the city, if you can't defend home court, if you get surpassed by the Clippers, if you lose the town to Kawhi, get out of town. Because you may have been the supposed greatest of all time in Cleveland and in Miami and back in Cleveland, but you ain't nothing if you can't keep the town. Also... Early in the Saturday morning, the emergency folder, probably <laughs> colored in red, was opened by the Lakers brass, and those saved drafts that they had ready to go in case the worst happened started to be sent. And we had come in quite quickly, some of the first signees that would make up this Lakers roster continued over the next couple of days, but we now have the skin and bones, the pasted together, the rubber band ball of what will be the Los Angeles Lakers, barring who knows if there'll be a last-minute trade or another signing with somebody that's still out there. But who they have now, Contavious Caldwell-Pope got paid. Shortly thereafter, the signing for Kawhi, another person that we knew was waiting for him to make his decision, made his. Danny Green chooses the Lakers. Your boy comes over. Quinn Cook, DeMarcus Cousins for basically an ice cream sandwich and a beach chair for what he probably thought he would be making at this point of his career. Unfortunately, injuries didn't make that happen for him. A one-year deal. Jared Dudley, we already knew. JaVale McGee to the center position. Our friend of the show, even though we've never spoken to him, Alex Caruso, back. So, there are the Lakers. Well, how well, do you feel about these this, Lakers? Remember, what, what did we talk about? What was the other option originally? The other option was to fill the roster with the likes of Patrick Beverly or the stunningly retired um, Mr. Collison. Collison retires, so that leaves Patrick Beverly. Instead of Patrick Beverly at $13 million a year, you get uh, Rajon Rondo at $2 million a year. Patrick Beverly, kind of a younger version of Rajon Rondo, but a better shooter. Clearly advantage Clippers, financial advantage Lakers. Instead of the guy we wanted in Orlando, Ross, 
you get Danny Green. About the same money. I believe Ross got $14 million a year for four years. Uh, Green got 30 for two. Overpaid because you could afford to do it. Money about the same. Commitment only two years. Better player. Ross, younger player. Ross, experience, including championship experience. Green. Let's call it a push. Wanted young Curran. Knockdown three-point shooter. Good defender. Four years, $32 million to Dallas. You get Caldwell Polk. Two years, $16 million. He takes a pay cut. He made $12 million last year for one season. You get him two and 16. Throw in Quinn Cook, two for six. Throw in, um, obviously, Boogie Cousins. Bring back Javal McGee, who is, look, he won a championship. He won two. So two of those championship teams. Was he on the back-to-backers? I think he was. I think he's got two championships. But be that as it may, solid player. Not great. You're not going to win a championship because of him. But he can be a, a, a contributor to a quality team. And he has championship experience. And then you bring in the incredibly skilled but broken down Boogie Cousins for, you know, a couple bags of basketballs. And you filled out your roster with shooters, with experience, with some youth, with some quickness, but a team that defensively remains to be seen how effective they can be, and a team that has shown with injuries to the likes of Rondo and Boogie that they can be, and Pope as well, who had some injuries last year, that they can be incredibly brittle. And there are a lot of young players in that group. Cook is young. Caldwell Pope is only, uh, I believe, 26. So he's a relatively young guy. Um, so I don't think health is going to be an issue there. Health, not an issue with Cook. But you worry about all the games. You worry about all the years. You worry about the injuries. Obviously, Kuzma Young, um, Davis Young, but a history of injuries, and LeBron coming off the only injury of his career. So to me, the biggest concern as a Laker fan with this roster is not the caliber of the players. Uh, I believe they brought in, could they brought in more three-point shooters? Yes. I think the other option we talked about was better from the three-point scenario with the guys we talked about, especially with Ross and uh, Seth Curry. But you do get Green, who can knock it down. Uh, Pope, not bad from three. Cook, not bad from three. Um, my bigger concern would be health of this group. Uh, I, I don't think there is enough. Qual- oh, I, I did leave out Dudley. Uh, Jared Dudley, KG veteran, excellent three-point shooter, good glue guy, good three and D guy, excellent off the bench. Really a perfect fit for LeBron in terms of a spot-up guy and a no-nonsense guy. He gives them a little, he gives them a little get-down-and-dirty approach as well, and, you know, as does Rondo, who always is not afraid uh, to go at anybody, another pit bull. So I, I do like the makeup, and I do like the fact that they have got more shooters than they did last year, and I also like the fact that none of these are long-term deals. These are all two-year deals for all these guys, some one, some two, so the point is there will be more cap space next year. I do want think Rob Palenka should get some credit uh, for putting together what he put together in such short shrift uh, and getting all those guys to come because these guys could have gone other places for more money. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. It will be interesting to see if this is it. There are still home run, trying to hit a home run with the guys that you would bring in that they could possibly shockingly just sign out of the blue. Part of me is still thinking that it wouldn't be shocking to see on the bottom line one day Carmelo Anthony coming to the Lakers. They liked what he's doing in that whatever gym he's in shooting up those shots on Instagram to uh, see if he could help with this team. But I do agree 
the injury aspect is scary in that who's going to step up if it happens, and especially if it happens to one of your two main guys that you're going to now have to put the focus on. A part of me when they signed Boogie got a little bit excited because when healthy, the AD-Boogie combo was, was fun to watch. Well, he's, he's got to get himself healthy. That's the thing. Will he? Can he get maybe like 90% close to what that combo was? Because AD's fine when he's healthy. If he can, look, if, if Boogie Cousins can be 80% of what he was before he had his first injury, 80%, and give you 14 to 18 minutes a game at 80%, that's a huge that, – that's, that's huge. Because, remember, the pre-injury Boogie Cousins was a excellent three-point shooter for a big guy. The post-injury Boogie Cousins has been an absolutely empty gun from three and stretch fours, stretch fives, whatever you want to call them are the way in this game. The more guys you got that can knock it down from distance. And if they're the bigger, the bigger they are, the better because they, they spread the floor. They clear, they clear space. You know, why, why do you think you know, Brooke Lopez became such an instant, overnight sensation? Cause he couldn't put it in the ocean from three in his year with the Lakers, but he was trying and that really started the ball rolling. Then the next thing you know, he's shooting them all summer, and he's a not, not a knockdown, but an effective three-point shooter for Milwaukee and makes himself a ton of money coming back there. So you know, if Boogie Cousins could be, get back to 80% of what he was and give you those 14 to, let's say, 20 minutes a game, 18 minutes a game, where he's spelling Davis, he's out there with the second unit or some with the first unit, also an able passer, a willing passer, and a good passer. And defend. If he can give you the, the, the 16, 18, 20 minutes a night defending the rim, it's huge. It's huge. Because you, you gave up nothing to get him, you paid nothing to get him. And by the he way... Basically, he, basi- he basically was free parking Yamanaka. Right. It cost just as much. Pretty much, you went out to buy a Monopoly board game and you got back Boogie Cousins in today's NBA. Exactly right. To get this in quick before our show ends, and we could talk next week about the duos now on more than a dozen teams in the NBA, how we've gone from the big three era to now seemingly the NBA jam, NBA hang time era of the NBA. We'll talk about all that and what this means. Wanted to make sure I got in. A sip of the tea, a tip of the cap to the women's national team of the United States winning their second consecutive World Cup. A middle finger to the haters and the, oh, they celebrate too much. They're a distraction. It's a disgrace. They should be embarrassed. They've gone too much. They shouldn't put themselves above the country. You know what? Pour it into my veins, Al. The displeasure of people from Alex Morgan's celebration with the tea the displeasure of people of Megan not saying to go to the White House, then scoring a goal today to help lead well, them to victory. Just, it, it, was, it wasn't just not going. Pour it into my veins. All of it. What she said. And that, that, folks, this is, this is why we love, and we know why you love the new report and the old report. Uh, because the new report says, you know, whatever they do, as long as they win. The old report says this. There, my father said to me a long time ago, there are more horses' asses in this world than there are horses. And these girls proved it. They acted like jerks on the field, off the field. I don't like this president. I wouldn't go to, I probably wouldn't go to the White House. But you, you don't say F the White You're a grown woman. You want to say, I'm not going. I don't agree with the politics. You know. I will hope all, I hope all of us won't go, but my decision is no way I'm going. You don't say F the White House. That's not the example you set for the 14, 15, 16 year old girls to disrespect our country that way. Our president is not somebody whose politics I agree with, and I don't think he's a good guy. So there is nobody who's more anti Donald Trump than yours truly. But I'm never going to say in my wildest dreams, F the White House, 
If I get invited there, I will respectfully decide not to go, but I'm not going to say F the White House. That's number one. The sliding and kicking the leg up 13 goals is uncalled for. The sipping the tea is ridiculous. Okay, you, 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 you don't see somebody, and, and that's not just a bat flip. That's not just, you know, some celebration. That's, you're sticking in the face of all the people who are rooting for the team that you're playing against for no apparent reason. And despite all that, despite the fact that for a chunk of this World Cup, they were first class and acted like first class jerks. But they're my jerks. Plain and simple. This is a sport that is the most famous, excuse me, the most popular sport in the world everywhere but here. It's a sport that we have a huge amount of our youth playing. We have professional leagues here. But for some reason, unbeknownst to me, and I mean unbeknownst to me, the old report who thinks he knows everything, for some reason, in this mammoth nation, our guys suck. We blow. We stink. We can't get out of our own way. And our girls are off the charts. So I know what? Yeah, they acted like jerks. Yeah, I'm not happy with it. Yeah, I don't consider that's the way I want a role model to act. But it is a free country. I would like them to show more respect for everyone. But the bottom line is, that's my flag. They're floating. That's who they're playing for. So, ladies, go red, white, blue. Great job getting it done and bringing the cup back home. And as our show ends, the men's team loses 1-0 to Mexico in the Gold Cup Championship Finals. I rest my case for my partner, the great John Tiny One. Until next week, when who knows, maybe Russell Westbrook will have been traded by them. I am Al Renato, a.k.a. from White Plains. For my partner, John Tiny One, this is New Report, Old Report. Have a great week, everybody. We'll be back next Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.